Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Anderson. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle Cat. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brait. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Skokie Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 13 is now officially in the book. So at this point, you should know whether or not you made the playoffs or not. You've been listening to this show, hopefully. You have made the playoffs, hopefully. Uh, we have been doing some good work for you guys. Uh, once again, want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, you guys make this possible. We are very, very appreciative uh, for uh, taking the time to listen to us uh, on a daily basis, sometimes nightly basis, for those of you who are joining the live stream. But one of the things uh, we want to get to in tonight is obviously the news and notes. Cover a few waiver wire selections. We might not go as deep tonight as we normally do because now it's playoffs statistically half of you are now no longer in the playoffs so uh, some of you may not uh, be needing to do any waiver wires one of the things that I like to do as a quick uh, comment on those of you who are not in the playoffs anymore some of you can be that um, little brother that annoys those who are in the playoffs and pick up on the waiver wire some great players so that those in the playoffs have to squirm a little bit more and search a little bit deeper uh, on the waiver wire to try and find something. So, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on, on that strategy? I hate people like that. It's uh, a guy who's usually in the playoffs. This year I'm not. And so at this point, honestly, I'm, I'm okay to just kind of leave it I will not drop my players to allow the um, to allow the playoff teams to try to pick them up. That's bad form. Yeah, that's just that's just that's not a nice thing to do. So, um, but in terms of in terms of, I'm not going to screw with people in the playoffs. To be completely honest, um, that's but that's that's me. I I know that there are other people that have no problems doing that. It's just I at this point I'm done. So yeah. I'm just going to be done. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that I like to do. Um, it's how I can have fun while I'm not in the playoffs. We'll, we'll put it that way. So um, we'll get into some news notes. Once again, cover some of those waiver wire options. Kind of the, the lead story of today in terms of news for yeah. fantasy-relevant players is Patriots' Rob Gronkowski has been suspended for one game which will most likely be served in week 13 
for those of you who had him on your teams, this is the wrong time for a suspension. For those of you who had Zeke Elliott and thought that it was the wrong time for a suspension, this is the worst time for a suspension for Gronkowski because it's at a thin position at tight end, uh, and he was your go-to all season. Now you're not going to plug in play a Patriots tight end because they don't use anybody else. Um, and you're going to need to look for an option at tight end that's on the waiver wires. Um, Ryan, did you see the hit that uh, that he put on uh, the Buffalo Bills player uh, that gave him the suspension? Oh, he absolutely deserved at least one game suspension for that garbage. Yeah. The player was already down, and it is, no, it is not to the extent of a fight, but it did almost start a scrum. Yes, but that is as cheap of a shot as you can get. Um, definitely one game. It should not be reduced. So you're going to have to look for some other options in terms of tight ends. We'll give you something here later in the show. Another piece of information that was on the top of everybody's uh, water cooler talking points was Ben McAdoo. Mm-hmm. It was alluded to earlier in the week that he could be fired um, by Monday. He has been fired less than a year after making the playoffs. We talked about him kind of it not being a surprise, but one of the things I want to highlight is what else could they have done this season? They lost everyone in the wide receiving core. Uh, they've had no running game for years. I think that's something you could blame McAdoo on because he's been there for a long time. But what are some final thoughts for you on the Eagles so far getting into this part of the season you mean not you mean sorry the giants giants <laughs> it's okay it's been one of those kind of days <laughs> oh yeah i hear you um nothing yeah nothing went right for the giants at all this year um their defense kind of was back and forth on how well it would play but the offense just never got anything going um, you know, their, their best game, you know, from their running actually came what against the Denver Broncos who it shouldn't have come against because at the time they were the number one run defense. I mean, it's just amazing how bad the giants have been, you know, when your top running back is Orleans Darkway, you know, you've, you've got a problem, um, at running back. So, yes. um, it, I'm somewhat surprised that Ben McAdoo, I mean, because they, they um, fired not only Ben McAdoo, but also the GM, Jerry Reese. Yeah. So um, they're, they're just kind of cleaning house. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Eli Manning will be back, but I don't think it's going to do much. Um, yeah, just there a, is just talk a, of him being moved on. I, I think that's a little premature. They've got some pieces there. And he has been a saving grace to the Giants for a decade. I think I think he will be released at the end of the season. I think that he'll get a chance to go somewhere else. Yeah. And so uh, a couple of injury notes. Uh, Bengals running back Joe Mixon walked off the field of his own court to, uh, to, in tonight's game, um, but was ruled out with a concussion. Yeah, that's um, One of the, the things that we want to say is our thoughts and prayers go to Ryan Shazier, who left the field on a cart and was sent to the hospital uh, while the game was continuing to go on. So our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. Uh, A few other pieces of information is that the Bears have signed Mike Nugent and placed Cario Santos on IR. 
So uh, Nugent now plays for his second team so far this season after not even starting the season on a team. So um, as we uh, continue to move through, uh, Mark Ingram was listed as a limited participant on Monday's practice report. Uh, nothing too serious, I do believe. Uh, and so without uh, any other pieces of information for us to really cover so far earlier in the week, a lot of the injuries will happen later in the week or the reports and updates will happen later in the week. Uh, let's get into some questions that have come in. Uh, first question comes in on whether or not Josh McCown is a start this next week against Denver. Yes. Um, again, it, it kind of depends on what else is available in your league, but Josh McCown has been playing really, really well. So I, you know, at this point, I don't see why you wouldn't start him if you, I mean, unless you have a great option, I, you know, he's, he is a viable option at least. Yeah. Uh, this player has Jared Goff. So I would go with Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Um, I'm still just nervous about Denver. Um, I know that they've had their ups and downs this season. Talib will be back from his suspension. But I I would go with Goff um, as much as McCown has been the hot hand. Um, I, st- I still would go – I would feel more comfortable with Goff the way that uh, Sean McVay is, is working that offense and getting things going. Um, and so – uh, another question uh, is, if Ingram doesn't end up playing, could Jamal Williams be a start uh, this upcoming week? Let me double-check here really quick uh, what the matchup is for later in the week here. Uh, Jamal Williams uh, will be playing Cleveland. Uh, I would say yes, Jamal Williams is the lead back. They've been relying more on the run. He's gotten uh, at minimum 18 carries each week for the last four. Yeah, I would still consider Jamal Williams a, a solid yeah I'd, there because because the starter in general. Yeah, because the opportunity that he's got and how many touches he's getting. Yeah. Uh, okay, and so we will get into the waiver wire starting at the quarterback position. We'll continue to field questions as they come in. But on the waiver wire, once again, we're going to be talking about players who are owned in less than 50% of leagues. Um, Ryan, who's a quarterback that you like uh, maybe for a week in the playoffs or maybe a deep player who isn't really talked about um, at the quarterback position? Most players who are in the playoffs are going to have a sound option at quarterback. But in case something happens and injury happens, Someone needs a solid backup to ride through the playoffs. Who do you like? Well, uh, you know, we just talked about him. Josh McCown, I think, is a is a possible is a possible player at that point. Uh, owned in forty two percent of leagues on Yahoo. Going up against Denver, Denver struggled. Denver's you know fifteen. You know, they're right in the middle of the pack in terms of points against uh, uh, points against the QBs. So they have been giving up the points. They haven't been playing as 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 vaunted as as they're as they're you know they have been the last couple of years so um, that is that is an option um, that I would I would consider if I if I needed it so uh, I would go just to give another option I would go Blake Bortles we've talked about him for the last couple of weeks with how Seattle's defense played against Carson Wentz 
I'm nervous about week 14. I think if you've made the playoffs, you've got a better starting option at least for week 14. But the week 15 and 16 matchups are Houston and San Francisco who have been bleeding to the passing game. Houston's been one of the worst, and San Francisco has been one of the worst. And we're talking high 20 – probably 28 or higher against the pass for both of those. And Blake Bortles is going to be pushing for a playoff spot, so they're going to be going with the ball. Uh, and uh, Fournette has uh, kind of rolled or disappointed a little over the last couple of games, not the, the high numbers that he had earlier in the season. So I like Blake Bortles as a secondary option. Uh, we did have one question come in. Um, McCown, Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, or Jameis Winston in – this week for so the week, so the week fourteen matchup, the first round of the playoffs. All right, well let's well, let's take a look at who everyone. You've got McCown against Denver. You've got uh, who's the next one? Dak Prescott is going to be playing the New York Giants. Uh, that's definitely a possibility. You've got uh, Jameis Winston is going up against Detroit. Detroit, who gave up a ton of yards, and they'll be at home as well. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going up against Houston. Um, Jameis Winston's been too inconsistent, even when he was healthy earlier in the year, so I'm just going to take him off the list. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo did okay this last week, but... Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't stellar. I think he's a because he still doesn't have a ton of talent around him in San Francisco. Maybe give it a couple of years, and and I think that he would be that. You know, that may be a nice option. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo still isn't an option right now. And then um, McCown and then Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Uh, Prescott against the Giants could be okay. Um, I I wouldn't go with anybody but McCown here because. Dak Prescott has been has been on the stings list three of the last four weeks without Ezekiel Elliott. I don't even if he's going up against the Giants, I still don't like Dak Prescott at all right now. The way he's trending, the way McCown has been playing, there's a lot of upside. I don't think anybody would blame you for playing McCown. Dak Prescott also got injured in the last game and is currently listed as questionable for next week. So who knows if he'll even play? Garoppolo doesn't have enough experience, although he did throw for 293 yards. He didn't get a score against Chicago. Houston's one of the worst defenses. That's a desperation flyer, but I still like McCown a little bit more. Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you there. So, uh, Okay, so the next question is, uh, is Robbie good over Hilton? I would say, is that Robbie Anderson good over Hilton in terms of uh, flex position? That's all the question is. So um, in terms of a flex option, let me pull up here really quickly who uh, Indianapolis plays here. Um, what are your kind of uh, initial thoughts? Indianap- Indianapolis will play against Buffalo. Um, who Buffalo managed to shut down – Tom Brady pretty well this week. Um, I don't know. I think I think as far as as far as I'm concerned, just from a consistency standpoint, uh, it would be Robbie Anderson. However, you know, if Robbie Anderson has to go up against you know Harris or or Talib, you know that can prove to be difficult. Um, T. Y. Hilton, 
going up against Buffalo. The problem is Hilton's just been so inconsistent all year. So this one for me is a coin flip. I'd probably lean towards um, – ugh. I don't like either one of them, to be completely honest with this. I, I would because lean, of the matchup, I'd probably lean toward Hilton, uh, unfortunately. I would lean toward Hilton as well. Um, he finally had a teen-digit game rather than the single-digit or the high 20s. Um, and he did it against Jacksonville. It was only three catches. It was only 50 yards, but it was a touchdown. So that helps. Um, but Buffalo is not the same defense that Jacksonville was. Um, Tom Brady did throw a bunch of yards, although he didn't get a touchdown through for 258 yards. Um, I would go with T.Y. Hilton. I just don't trust Robbie Anderson. Yeah. So it, it, that's a more – I go with T.Y. Hilton because I don't like Robbie Anderson more than a real trust in T.Y. Hilton's consistency. Uh, and so now moving on to the running back position – uh, once again, covering players who are owned in less than 50% of leagues, what is a running back that you like the rest of the way who could make a nice playoff push? Oh, just a second. My computer froze up for a second. Let me give me, give me a chance to refresh this. I'll talk about one out of the gate, uh, and that's Austin Eckler. Yes, he had a little bit of a down game against Cleveland. I think that has more to do with um, Cleveland playing – Pretty good defense in the red zone. San Diego marched a lot, but had to settle for some field goals. Um, I think Gordon is coming back a little bit stronger. Um, but still, Eckler is finding a way to be involved. Um, he had four rushes for 19 yards, two catches for 21 yards. That's, that's really 40 yards, 40 to 50 yards, two catches. He's going to be involved, Washington, Kansas City, and, and the Jets. He's a solid backup, quote-unquote, handcuff for a Gordon. Or if they get behind and need to pass, Austin Eckler is going to be your guy. So that's one that I like. What's one that you like? Um, I've been kind of going back and forth. I'd probably have to go honestly i think right now someone that i like it's it's not a it's not a really really sexy pick but i'd probably have to go with jd mckissick of seattle and that's not just playing the that's not playing the the hometown favorite um if you look at his involvement in ppr leagues eight points ten points eight points eight points um you know he's had a couple of touchdowns in there well it hasn't been anything like super super exciting um, it's been solid, steady production. He has been involved some way or another. And so I think that um, as long as their offense stays high-powered as it is right now, McKissick is an option as a flex number two. Again, remember, the, 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 the waiver wire at this point of the season is going to be extremely thin. Yes. So and so, it's it's a lot harder to find. So, so this is of what is left. This is what I would be, what I would consider one of your better options of what is left. Yeah, and, and more than likely, you're grabbing one of these because of what may happen as an injury in week 14. There's no real major injuries that happened this week, uh, to my knowledge. Once again, we'll find out uh, more throughout the week. But I'll give people another option. Um, I'll give people two. 
number one um, is if Adrian Peterson misses more time with his neck injury, Kerwin Williams ran for 97 rushing yards against the Rams. Now, the Rams have been – if you're going to beat the Rams on the, in the offense, you're going to do it on the ground more than you're going to do it in the pass. But Kerwin Williams hasn't done anything all season, but then at, when he becomes the lead back, gets 97 yards, there's someone who's going to be getting a lot of touches that I really like. The other one um, that I think is an option because the San Francisco 49ers season is over I think they'll look to work in Matt Breed a little bit more. He got 12 rushing attempts for 45 yards, one catch for four yards. So not a lot of yardage. Chicago is a much better defense than people give them credit for. But Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, once you get past Houston, Tennessee, and Jacksonville are great running uh, or great teams to run against. So those can give you some some options. Um, but – once again, that's that's deep kind of stuff. Uh, one person comes in and asks, "What about Peyton Barber at Tampa Bay?" No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, here's the deal. I would I would honestly rather have you know again you know call me the hometown hometown homer, uh, Mike Davis of Seattle. This is his. I mean, as far as actually running the ball, it is his position to lose right now, unless Chris Carson manages to come back, which as of this point. Maybe in week 17, but most likely won't be until the playoffs if Seattle makes it into the playoffs, which right now it's looking pretty good. But, you know, they still have they still have a few tough games coming up. Um, they're going to be at Jacksonville this Sunday. And Mike Davis went up against the Eagles, 16 carries for 64 yards, um, had a couple of good catches, had a couple of catches and, uh, and decent runs there as well. He the the offensive line for the Seahawks is coming together pretty well. Since I heard a stat this morning on ESPN, since Dwayne Brown came over the game after um, the Houston game, before that the Seahawks were thirtieth in terms of percentage um, of snaps in which the QB was under pressure. I like thirty nine percent or something yeah. stupid like that. Since Dwayne Brown came over, they are number eight in terms of percentage of uh, of snaps in which Wilson is under pressure. It's like 24, 28% now. Yeah. So um, before Brown, before Brown got there, it was one alligator run. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and since he has come, he is, he is not only provided just the fact that he is a very, very talented blocker, but he has provided a, a leadership for that offensive line that is helping it gel and helping it come together. And we're starting to see a little bit of that in the run game as well. Um, and it's starting to come together. So I think Mike Davis, again, call me a hometown homer, but he is only 9% owned, so he is widely available out there on Yahoo Leagues. Yeah, the other thing I don't like about Peyton Barber is Doug Martin was out with a concussion this week. He's probably going to be back for this next week. And they're not running a lot of two running back formations or utilizing two running backs. So once Doug Martin comes back, Peyton, Bar- Peyton Barber is useless. Yeah, I, so, think it's, I think it's one of those, if, if, if you know, it's watch you know, Doug Martin's availability. Yeah, this would be a, a super late week ad. Um, uh, another question comes in about Gio Bernard, depending on the status of Mixon. Uh, 
because the Bengals are still trying to make it into the playoffs. True. Um, it's possible. Um, you know, Bernard had a, had a decent night tonight, 13 carries for 77 yards. Um, yeah, I think that he is definitely an option with, with Mixon going out with a concussion tonight. Who knows how long it'll take him to come back. All right, moving over to the wide receivers. Uh, who is a wide receiver that you like based off of production or, or matchups coming into the last three weeks of the season? All right, let me let me scroll over real quick. Um, there we go. All right, just looking at looking at availability. I think that uh, based off how he has played, D.D. Westbrook is an option. Um, look at um, since he has come in, um, he is his yardage has increased every week: thirty-five, forty-one, seventy-eight. His targets: six, ten, and nine. Um, this next week, he is going up against a Seattle defense that is missing Richard Sherman. They are down to a rookie starter, and then um, the uh, you know they've got uh, Jeremy Lane, who they tried trading away and who failed his physical, and then you've got uh, you know Justin Coleman, who uh, you know we got who's a special teamer that we got in a trade from from New England. I mean. You know Byron Maxwell, who hadn't played all that well the last couple of years, being out of the Seattle system. So they're still, while they're playing very inspired football and a lot of high energy, they're going to be in Jacksonville this next week. And so um, it'll be interesting to see if they can carry that same type of energy on the road. And because of that, I think D.D. Westbrook is a possible target um, to have a decent game uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, and he's only he's only twenty eight percent owned. So I'm I'm honestly surprised that he isn't more owned. I actually started him in one league this week. So yeah, I'm gonna give a few um, based off this last week, and once again, this would be a late add if someone like Amari Cooper doesn't make it to the field for Sunday's game. Cordell Patterson did come in. They play the Chiefs, who are bleeding in the passing game. We've talked about it a lot. Their defense is not what they used to be. They just gave up over 300 yards and four or three touchdowns to Josh McCown and the Jets offense. Cordell Patterson could be a late-week addition based off of the status of Amari Cooper. Um, another receiver that I like would be a Mike Wallace, who had a big breakout game against Detroit this last week, five catches, 116 yards. He does go up against Pittsburgh. This week in week 14, who's a better pass defense than Detroit. But Cleveland and Indianapolis in week 15 and 16 could be a very, very good bench player to have now that you might be able to plug in based off some injuries coming up. Um, Want to give a shout-out to one of our listeners who just wrote in, uh, Kenny YC underscore 1978. Uh, we're going to give him a little bit of a shout-out here. Before listening to Skull King Football on the podcast and the, and the, uh, the blog and the website, uh, he was 1-4 in a two-quarterback league. Since listening to the podcast, uh, he is now 7-6 and six and is now the three seed in the quarterback league. So he finished Sweet. the season going 6-2 and two after finding and listening to the podcast. Once again, I want to thank you for uh, letting us know that so we can share that out so other people – I uh, can't believe we, we, we kind of know what we're talking about. Um, I'm glad our advice helped you out better than it helped out us. 
Uh, well, speak for yourself. I'm in the playoffs. Okay, help so, me out. How's that? <laughs> uh, one question that did come in uh, is Henry once again getting a little bit away from the the, the waiver wire. Is 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 sorry, Derek Henry still the backup at Tennessee? I say yes. They're still going to lean on Demarco. That 75 yard touchdown late was just it is a lot like the one from the last time where he had a long late touchdown where the defense just gave up because the game was over. Yeah, I think yeah, it's it Henry's still the backup. It's still DeMarco Murray's job. Uh one question that I wanted to ask you as we're still on the uh wide receiver um portion here, what are your thoughts on Gordon? Uh I know he's owned in sixty six percent of leagues, but that's and, and it's a little bit higher than what we normally talk about, but out of what I've seen, I can admit I have been wrong about Josh Gordon coming back. He didn't play for four years, but he was electric. It was the Chargers. They're a solid pass defense, and now he gets Green Bay. Great option. I don't like week 15 against Baltimore, week 16 against Chicago, or week 17 against Pittsburgh, but this week – if he's still available, is he a must-own in all leagues? Yes. Okay. Um, because – and it's not so much because I think that he's just going to absolutely tear it up, you know, like, you know, he, like thinking that he's back to his old form. The, the, the signal for me is 11 targets in his first game back. 11 targets. Only four completions, but 11 targets there. <laughs> That's more the quarterback than it is. Yeah, and that's you know that's Deshaun Kaiser. So, which I really think that it'll be interesting to see who, what quarterback the Browns draft next year. Because <laughs> um, um, they will be right there to pick. Yeah, they'll they'll yeah they'll get their choice of a bunch of different quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, I think that he is he is definitely a viable option for this next week, week fourteen. He should be owned. Um, if he really tears up this next week, I think that he could be a a must play flex option um, in a lot of cases. All right, moving over to the tight end spot, last position that, or last position that we'll cover in this uh, episode. Um, not only are there some that need to look for some waiver wire, some other options, but with Gronkowski out, who's a tight end that you like? Maybe in this next week, that can be a a spot filler or potentially uh, ride the way through the playoffs? Um, there's, I mean, there's a couple that are, I mean, it's hard to believe that Cameron Braid is, is actually down. He's a little above the 50% at 55% in, in, uh, in Yahoo leagues. But, um, you know, he is definitely an option because, simply because one reason, one reason only, Jameis Winston's back. If you look at the games, where Jameis Winston was gone, four targets, three targets, three targets, two targets, one catch in each of those four games. Jameis Winston comes back, six targets, two receptions for two touchdowns. He was targeted in the red zone, where, you know, when Jameis Winston needs a completion, he goes to Cameron Brait. So, um, so as long as, I mean, like, again, I know it's a little above our 50%, uh, Mark, but at 55, I think Cameron Braid is definitely an option. If you don't have him in your league and he is available, as long as Jameis Winston is healthy, Cameron Braid is going to get a ton of targets. 
as an option, as much as he has been up and down, he he has shown upside the last couple of weeks against some tougher opponents um, in, in Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Minnesota. Austin Hooper has struggled a little bit, but I think that's overall the Atlanta Falcons offense. He does get New Orleans, who have some of the two best corners in the league. So I think if they're going to pass, they're going to open it up a little bit more with Austin Hooper uh, and say a Tevin Coleman or, or Freeman out of the backfield. Um, Julio Jones is new, had bad games this last week against Minnesota. Um, so now going up against the Saints, great tandem. Austin Hooper could be an option. I like Cameron Brayton more because he's more heavily relied upon by Winston as a safety valve. But Austin Hooper could be an option for you this week if you have Gronkowski and he's out. Um, yeah, I think the another option is going to be going back to kind of our breakout player the last couple of weeks, Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, you know, five targets, three receptions, six targets, four receptions, five targets, two receptions. He's, as long as Blaine Gabbert remains the quarterback there in um, Arizona, he is going to be he's going to be targeted a bunch. Um, and so I think that he is definitely someone to keep an eye on. Um, he is a rookie, which is amazing that he's, you know, really broken out like this this late. But uh, with a, a Tennessee defense that's been not so great against uh, um, not so great against uh, against tight ends, um, you know, they're kind of towards that better third, but still in the, kind of the middle of the pack. Um, you know, he is definitely an option as a streamer um, if you, you know, if you have an injury or something that you need to work through. Thoughts on Greg Olson this week um, playing against Minnesota. It is a home game, but he sat out again. Um, if he plays, is this a week where you would look to start him or are you looking for him to play a game before you start him? I'm looking for him. If I'm going to start him, I'm looking for him to play a game against not quite so tough an opponent. <laughs> yeah. Um, now Minnesota's really been shutting down the tight end. So I, uh, I am not, this is not a week where Greg Olson coming off injury is a guy that I would, I would want to be playing. So, well, was he, were they shutting down the defense or was it based off of who they were playing? Cause this last week, Austin Hooper hasn't been too heavily relied upon in the offense, um, but I think it was also Matt Ryan struggling throughout the game as well. No, Minnesota's Minnesota's a top ten against against tight ends this year okay. as a defense. So for that reason, I would I would hold off on I would hold off on Greg Olson, especially because he is still uh, you know he's coming off an injury. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. I know they're they're a solid team against the defense or, or against the tight ends. But if I'm going to look to try and open up the field, I'm not going to try and throw against Xavier Rhodes. That's not that's not going to be my not option. Happen. I'm going to look to try and open some things up in some checkdowns in in the to the running backs or try and run. But they're also one of the better teams against the run as well. So there's it's tricky. Minnesota's playing some great football right now as we go to a playoff push. I think they're decidedly one of the favorites out of the NFC. Um, uh, questions to wrap up the show. Uh, what are your thoughts on Evans? He he was on the sting list this last week. 
Jameis Winston struggled mightily. Uh, do you think Evans can bounce back this next week? Um, I think it's possible um, going up against the Detroit defense. Defense has been – Detroit's been, you know, all right this season. They've had a, a lot of their scoring has been um, – because of their ability to get the ball or to to get turnovers and score off those, um, they're in the middle of the pack as it goes defense as it goes against wide receivers, and so yeah, maybe having a game under his belt, Winston might be, you know, good enough to to trust Mike Evans. I, I you're not going to not start Mike Evans as long as Jameis Winston is in the lineup. So yeah, it, you're gonna play Evans. It was unfortunate, but it also was Winston's first game back from, from yep. injury. Correct. Uh, and so um, another question comes in, do we still believe in Corey Davis? This person started him in place of Crabtree uh, because of uh, the uh, suspension to Crabtree, but it didn't go so well. What are your thoughts on Corey Davis as we finish out the rest of the season? Yeah, Corey Davis kind of throughout the years cost me weeks, so – trying to trust in him and thinking that he was actually getting going to get the job done. Um, I think he missed too much time earlier in the year and just he's never really, um, you know, start off the season week one with 10, you know, what was it, 10? Um, 10 targets, six catches. Six catches. And, you know, after that, you know, he had what, like, you know, a couple of targets and, and like one or two catches in week two and then went out with a hammy and then missed like seven or eight weeks. So I think that as far as Corey Davis goes, hold off on him. I would rather start D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, this is one of those things that it, this last week against Houston, if there was a game for him to break out, it would be it would have been against Houston and how poorly they played against the pass. Um, but I would look to remove Corey Davis from my roster. I know that I've talked at nauseum about Mariota having some great matchups down the stretch against Arizona, San Francisco, and the Rams, but it's not looking like Corey Davis is going to be a heavily targeted player down the stretch, even against weaker defenses. So I would look to try and move away. Obviously, first pick would be a D.D. Westbrook. He's someone that I picked up uh, on Saturday because he was available and I needed to do some things because Juju Schuster was hurt. Um, or was possibly not playing because of an injury. Uh, and so that paid off for me. Um, question comes in, uh, does Rodgers play his first week eligible? I say yes because they need him. I mean, a as well as Hunley has played, he is not Aaron Rodgers. So when he is free and available to play, he has already started to throw. When he is available to play, he will play. I'd have to agree with you there. They, they, I mean, they, they have no choice. They need him to play uh, in order to have any shot at the playoffs. So once he, once he is officially back, he will be, he will be starting. All right. And the last question that comes in is uh, this person has Charles Clay and Olsen this week at tight end. Do you trust Charles Clay against Indianapolis, or do you want to stream, or do you want to throw out Olsen there uh, against Minnesota? I would lean towards Clay. I would do the um, same thing. Uh, I think it, if Tyrod plays, obviously it's Clay. With Peterman there, 
I'm a little nervous because Tyrod Taylor heavily relied upon Charles Clay. He's what made Charles Clay a top five tight end. But now with Tyrod Taylor and the injury, maybe not playing this next week, um, it is Indianapolis and they give up a lot of yards. So I would look to grab, I would play Charles Clay this week over Olsen because Olsen is an unknown and still going up against one of the better defenses. Yeah, I would have to. I would have to say the same thing. I I would go. I would uh, rather um, rather play Clay than Olson at this point. All right, so that is the episode for today. Once again, we want to thank you guys for taking time out of your day or your evening to take a listen to the podcast. We greatly appreciate that. For those of you who are in the playoffs, best of luck to you in Week 14. We'll get uh, into some of the matchups. On our next show, there will be no show tomorrow um, as we're taking a one day off uh, for the show, but we will be back for the Wednesday night show and the Thursday day show to cover some matchups as well as play a playoff edition of Pick'em and Stick'em. This has been the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, and we thank you guys for listening. All right, go out and win some Skull King titles, boys. Talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19.